Today's guest, Renee, is an emotional eating expert. She has struggled herself for over 40 years with starting and stopping diets over and over again and finally figured out what was the root cause of all of it. So I'm so happy to have her as a guest and share our conversation that we had that digs deep into why we keep sabotaging ourselves, why we keep falling off track and how we can work through it, how we can customize any approach to our nutrition, our lifestyle and overall routine to finally break free from that cycle. I'm so happy and honored to have this guest. I hope you enjoy the conversation as much as we enjoyed recording it. Hello, and with me today, I have Renee Jones, who for 40 years has been battling with something us women have struggled with for a, for are still struggling through, right? The yo-yo dieting, the weight loss journey starts again on Monday. It is a big struggle for so many of us. And I, I know our diet culture is confused a little bit. It definitely makes it confusing for us. So I have Renee here today who I'm going to help, you know, we're going to really dive into how to bridge that gap, how to get rid of the yo-yo cycle and face your stuff, dig through it and find something that works for you, right? So that you can actually not just lose the weight, but most importantly, you can keep it off. So welcome, Renee. Tell us a little bit about your experience with the yo-yo dieting and the struggle. Well, thanks for having me. Um, Yeah, my first diet started when I was 10. We're not going to rag on my mother. I went to her (laughs) and I said, Ma, I'm redheaded. And all of my little blonde and brunette friends are so skinny and I'm chunky. I don't need to be that different. And she was like, well, you're a bit young for this. But because I wanted to make a change, she helped me. So I started then and I yo-yoed up and down the scale for 40 freaking years (laughs) because I couldn't figure it out. I just couldn't figure it out. Absolutely. I have, um, it wasn't, I wasn't 10, but I was still young. I hired my first personal trainer when I was in grade 11. So I wasn't overweight, but I just was not happy. I was like, how can I, I don't understand that I'm, I'm trying to eat healthy, but I'm putting mayonnaise on my chicken. And like, there was just so much confusion with the, all of the pieces. Yeah. Yeah, right? because there's so much noise out there. there there's is. so many different um, bits of direction on what's the right thing to do. And, you know, in, in the United States, in the 80s, early 80s, we came out with the food pyramid. And that was supposed to help us all stay healthier. And I don't know about you, but it seems like we're just getting bigger. And more confused. And And more confused. Absolutely. And the pyramid flips, apparently. I can't remember it the first time around, but I know it's changed. And let's be real. every That's the only thing that gets taught ever. And no one ever freaking understands it because it doesn't apply to our real life. It doesn't apply Mm -hmm. to busy people who work multiple jobs and 
all like everything that we do in our day to day, right? Mm-hmm. Plus the added challenges of fast food being up our noses as well. Uh, yeah. Well, and you know, there are certain ways we can identify people. We can we can use the fingerprints. Uh, we can use the iris of our eyes. Apparently, we can use our tongues to identify us specifically. And all of the different plans out there tend to be a bit cookie cutter. And until you find what actually works for your body, it stays confusing. Exactly. We're we're confused because we think... uh, crazy 1200 calories works for everybody or you know like we're so unique even with like all of the pieces it's not just one piece that's unique and Mm -hmm. you can do cookie cutter for everything else your training piece and schedule and routine custom your nutrition piece is training like it's custom and Uh. your mindset piece too how you feel like I really stress so much about how I want and encourage people to, to celebrate where they are right now, how mm-hmm. they, you know, to accept where you're at right now, because that's the hardest part. We try to, you know, skip all kinds of steps and be this perfection that's never, ever possible. And in that, that causes more harm and more stress in itself. Yes, yes. And what drives you to eat might be a blip on my radar. So we've got to find what's, what's driving the, the issue for you. And then yeah. if we can unwind that, it's much easier to kind of stick to whatever plan you choose. I love that you said that too, because when it comes to the mindset, well, first, that is the hardest piece. It's hard because you have to accept whatever that piece is that might need to be addressed. Mm-hmm. Um, but you also don't know where to start because mm. you, you know, you, you have a lot of pieces that you're struggling with maybe, and mm-hmm. it feels a bit blurry. It doesn't, you don't really know what's that piece. Mm. Yeah. We don't have the objectivity to say in my, you know, we can see the, the, splinter in someone else's eye but we can't see the board in our own and it it does make a difference to if you've got somebody who can be objective to say um that thing that you're doing there how how is that actually helping you and you don't see it when you're in it most no most of the time that's why hiring a coach finding somebody to hold you accountable is so empowering Mm-hmm. And it it allows you to make progress through it so much quicker, right? Because they're able to help see what you don't see. Yeah. Do you know, and, when when I was in, in college, in university, I had gone with this group, and this just came to me. I hadn't thought about it in years. Um, I'd gone with this group to a water park. And there were two of us, you know, around this dinghy that we were holding on and other people were swimming by or flying by as the waves went. And there was a girl who was right next to me and she suddenly started going down. And I thought, that's not good. So I reached down and I pulled her back up. I said, where are you going? She said, I thought I was going toward the the air. I was like, no, babe, come over here. <laughs> she couldn't see it. She was disoriented. Yeah. So she couldn't see it. 
And sometimes we do get disorientated in our own nutrition, in our own life experience, in our own stories, and we can't see the way to come out of them to get to the air. Right. Or to make that leap, that pivot, that change, you know, an action needs to be taken place to get out of it. Mm -hmm. Right. And Mm -hmm. what you're used to doing is easy to continue on what you've always been doing. Oh, it's so much easier to do what you've always done. But unfortunately, you tend to get the same result that you always got. Exactly. It's a vicious, <laughs> it's a hard cycle too to get out of, right? Yeah. Especially because you yeah. don't know then, okay, what to do to pivot. <laughs> yeah. Do you know, I actually lost my weight on a low-fat, low-calorie diet. I mean, I'm only five foot three, so we don't get a lot of calories to begin with when you're that short. <laughs> Although my friend who's 4'10 tells me I'm tall, bless her. Um, But I, you know, I struggled with it. I struggled with the low calories and I was tired and hungry and cranky all the time, but it got me there. But when I was trying to maintain, it just made it harder, right? So I actually did a metabolic test. I was two years into my weight loss. I was, I was there. I was at my goal weight, but I was still tired, hungry, and cranky. So I did this metabolic test, and it came back with stuff that I hadn't eaten in years. And I thought, are you out of your mind? This, this is what I've been trying to stay away from. But I thought, you know, I'll give it a week. And I lost two pounds that week. I'd never lost two pounds in my life all in one go, right? Yeah. But even better, I wasn't tired. I wasn't hungry. And God bless my poor dear husband. I wasn't cranky anymore. (laughs) And he said, whatever it is you're doing here, we got to do more of that. So finding what actually works for your body, you can lose pounds on any diet. But how it works for you overall is the key. How you feeling in it is important. Like the yeah. low carb doesn't work because, well, first of all, you're taking out your body's main energy source that it needs and you're taking out fruit and healthy things, but it also doesn't work because you're going to feel tired. You're just going to feel more starved and then end up going back to full swings, you know, binging yourself again. Well, I would say that there's room for all of them. There because is. we're all so different. Absolutely. And, and even if it, you eat lower carb, that does it, that's different for somebody else. Right. To. Absolutely. Yes. Right. Just like the low fat works for some people really well. Yeah. It may not work for this person over here. We're all different. We all have different. We're also different. Yeah. Metabolism struggles. And personally, like I have an underactive thyroid. I am type one diabetic. I have added struggles. Yes, you do. Bless you. <laughs> in itself, right? And it does come down to what you're eating and how mm. you're feeling because I have done really low. I've done I've tried all of it. I'm not going to lie. I had done a lot of things and it, it doesn't, (laughs) what has hurt me the most is thinking that I had to be perfect, Mm -hmm. that I could had, if I mess up and make one mistake, then throw the diet out the window because 
guilt comes in and, you know, it's not going to work if I'm not perfect. As soon as I dropped that, as soon as I said, you know what, like I, all I'm going to do is focus on progress because as long as I'm doing a little bit better than what I said did last week, like Mm. I can still make progress, right? I could still Mm. lose weight, become healthier, right? Yes. Yes. Based upon thinking, okay, it's and same with like if you're somebody who struggles with binge eating and you know like don't think that next week just because you eat a bit more it's going to just forever you know it's just going to simply go away it takes time and progress mm-hmm. and practice right mm-hmm. so if you normally go out with your friends and drink your face off, eat your face off and come home. And then you're like, well, tomorrow I'm going to eat some more McDonald's because yesterday was terrible. Well, as long as you do healthier and smarter than that, like that's progress, right? If you got up the next morning and you just ate your healthy breakfast and got right back on track, that's progress. Right. Yes. I often tell my clients, because we have this idea that if you've blown it at breakfast, then you may as well shoot the day and eat whatever you want. But I say, get back on track at the next meal. Because because you can save. I mean, if you've overeaten by 500 calories, okay, that could be a lot. But if you keep doing that all day, you're going to have at least 1500 calories over. That's my entire day. (laughs) and it's and it's on it's hard especially like I also encourage I treat I teach like macro tracking rather than calories because I I stress and teach the importance of what's in your food Mm. right it's not Mm. just about because you're gonna lose weight that way it's Mm. also you feel full you can get to your next meal without feeling starving Mm -hmm. right? Your body is feeling satisfied. It gets what it needs, the nutrients, Mm -hmm. and it helps avoid all of that a little bit. (laughs) Yeah. Right. This, this whole progress, you know, I think about when I was learning to drive a car or even more so when I was learning to drive a standard shift car, the first time I choked it down and couldn't go anywhere. If I'd given up then, I would have missed a lot. I would never have gotten learned how to drive a standard shift car. And I love a stand. My car today is a standard shift because I like shifting my own gears. Thank you very much. But if I'd given up the first once or twice that I went out to try. You would have never known. I would have never known. I would have never made the progress of being able to jump on in any vehicle and drive it. Love that analogy so much, just because I love, and especially when you're having a hard time, um, it's so nice to look back in that perspective yeah. too. Yeah. I, I knew in my heart, I've always wanted to have a podcast, but it took me a couple of years of dragging my feet to, you know, imposter syndrome coming up to mm. get it going. Yeah. Right. But we wouldn't have been able to be here today or connect today or, mm. you know, my podcast or the people that me and you help when we're coaching, mm. Mm. it wouldn't be possible if we didn't go through the hard stuff and all those painful yo-yo diets that we've tried. And, yeah. you know, it's, and you have to go through the struggle, even though it's hard when you're in the struggle itself, 
Mm. to come out on the other side because later you can look back and be like, that was preparing me for this. And that Mm -hmm. was a lesson here, right? It's allowed me to progress and become like the only, the person, and that's why I love to say, celebrate the person that you are right now. Because think about it. If you want to become a healthier, happier version of yourself, the person you are today has to have the strength to make that change Mm. on your next meal on Mm. deciding whether or not to work out or not. Like Mm. your, you today has to be that person Mm. gradually to Mm. work from. And you know, Deidre, what's interesting is that all of the skills required for a nutrition plan or an exercise plan, you already have right? You already know how to get yourself up and get to work. You already know how to balance your checkbook, which is macro planning. You already know how to do all the things. It's just that we think around food and exercise, eh, it's no big deal. We can give it a pass. Especially women. I'm sorry to call us out, but we have so much on our plates that we just push ourselves to the bottom of the priority list because Let's be real. What we prioritize every day is what gets done, right? Yeah. It's what different, yeah. we all get the same man time, right? Yeah. So what we put in our day, what we prioritize, and chances are that the first thing to go is ourself mm. of the health, like especially the health side of things because it's mm-hmm. easier to not go work out. It's <laughs> easier for you to order takeout than go buy and prepare the healthy meal. Yeah. We always take the easier route first when really the way to change, the way to progress is doing the things that are hard at first, (laughs) (laughs) but then they're rewarding after, Yeah, right? It wasn't easy for you to learn how to, to ride your, or sorry, to drive your shift like that. That was hard at first. Yeah. Rewarding forever after. Yes. Right. When you're starting a workout program and you haven't worked out in a really long time, it is hard at first. You're uncomfortable. You're probably overweight. You haven't moved your body in a long time, but what you get through that and then it becomes rewarding. It becomes feel good. Something you look forward to. You just Mm got to get through the hard stuff first Mm. instead of trying to go to what's always easy. Well, you know, responsibility actually brings us freedom. If we take the responsibility for going to work out, for choosing well what we put in our mouths, we get the freedom of a very healthy body of whatever size it happens to be. It's going to be more healthy. And mind as well. Like our whole body and mind, I mean, how we think matters about what we're going to prioritize into our day. Mm. If we're constantly thinking about what we're eating and what we haven't ate and what we should be eating, it's Mm. no wonder you can't get the things that you feel like you're behind on done. You're distracted. You're mentally distracted. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I'm, as you know, I'm type one diabetic. So that's one full-time job in itself. Mm. 
running my own business and a mom of two as well. And Mm -hmm. how is it now that I'm able to make more progress than when I had zero kids, zero bills, zero responsibility? Mm -hmm. Yeah. What you prioritize, how you feel mentally, physically, what you're putting into your body Mm -hmm. matters. It's, it's what makes us up to be who we are. Indeed. Indeed. Right. And we only learn from, I want to talk a little more about it's learning from experience because I love what you had said um, about, you know, like you have to do what works for you. Let's talk Mm -hmm. about how custom that has to come from. Mm -hmm. So all ends of it, we have your lifestyle, your training, exercise routine, all of it. So how have you kind of because we've, we've, I'm sure both of us are like, we've made all the mistakes. We teach our clients what not to do, right? Definitely. Yes. So what was your experience regarding, obviously the nutrition piece you've told us a bit about, like what doesn't work for you, exercise end of it and lifestyle? Um, well, on exercise, I, I've done the weights thing. I never got ripped, but that's okay. I, I, I didn't have that. I just wanted to be able to pick up a 40 pound bag of dog food for my dog. Right. And not go, Oh, I can't live this. So Again, you know, I, we're so different too. Like I have a lot of muscle on my body. I love weight training. Like we both love different things and mm. that's okay. Mm. Totally. Yeah. Okay. Right. What's gonna, what I want to strive for in a goal is going to be different from you is going to yeah. be different from somebody else. But what I found was the thing that I will do on a daily basis is walk my dog. And she's now, you know, um, 11 and a half. So we can't walk like we used to. We used to walk four or five miles a day. Now we're down to three and a half. But, you know, bless her. She's old. And and I bet for you, because I do love walks and I live in a very cold place. We can't walk right now, but in the summertime, we love getting our walks in. Um, And it's a mental thing too. Mm. It it makes you feel good, not just during it, but afterwards. When do we ever regret a workout or a sweat or an exercise, some form of movement, right? And I think that's what, I mean, I started walking because the dog I had at the time had blown out his ACL. So we had to do like five minutes, three times a day, then 10 minutes, three times a day, up to an hour, three times a day. Mm-hmm. And after that, it was like, oh, walking an hour, no big deal. I don't do that. So I just kept it going. Right. And, you know, now it is, I did not realize how much I needed it because it does open you up. And I, I go first thing in the morning. I'm out there by half past five every morning. Which and is a whole nother topic for us to talk about how amazing <laughs> morning exercise is. But I'd like to spin what you had said because you you did do a little bit more than what maybe you can sustain. Mm-hmm. But you did less before too, right? Yes. Where you weren't working out at all. And yes. you've done what also didn't work for you. So when we're going into it, when we're trying to figure out our happy balance, sometimes that's what's required. You do a little too much and other times you do a little less. Like moving never, 
we all know this. You don't feel good, right? It's about finding what your happy balance is. No one can sustain working out seven days a week, full Mm. extreme workouts. Like, no, it's not necessary. It's not needed. It's an Mm. extreme, but your balance is going to be maybe, you know, it could be three workouts a week. It could be walking every, like every six days. It could be any level. So don't be scared to give a little extra and then realize I got to pull back a little bit, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but you still have to do something. There has to be a happy balance somewhere. And finding a way to make it work for you. I listen to books and podcasts when I walk and you know, during the pandemic, my husband said, can I go walking with you? I said, no, 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 no. That's my time to listen to what I'm listening to. You and I'll get in conversation. We can do that in the house. No, I'll walk the dog. It'll be fine. (laughs) Agreed. And I think that's such an underutilized tool exercise, period. Mm -hmm. It could be so much, it could be a hundred different ways to exercise, but it is the best alone time, mental time, everything that you need. I, Mm. I work from home and Mm. have my children all day long. So for me, I, you know, I could work out from home. I, there's definitely weights here that could be done, but I don't want any part of it. Let me (laughs) away from my kids, away from my four, you know, walls of my home. Yeah. Give me an hour to myself. And I do similar. I definitely listen to podcasts, most workouts, um, and have that centering time because Mm. it's not just about that hour itself. It's Mm. what it gives us all the hours afterwards. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And as you are moving, you tend to absorb more. I don't understand how that works, but it does. And it, it, I find it just like, especially as somebody who struggled with anxiety before too, like if I am working and in, you know, working on so many things overwhelmed, maybe my kids are giving me trouble today. Like <laughs> it just settles the thoughts down, you know, and then you're able to say, okay, recentered. Yeah. What I was stressing about is not at the end of the world. Like I was making it out to be now mm. I'm in a different perspective and I can look I can tackle once my work is done, you know, what needs to be done and not feel so overwhelmed anymore. Yeah. Yeah. It it allows you to do that, which is important. If you are facing hard stuff, if you are trying to create progress, if you are trying to do something hard, like weight loss, right? There's so many different levels of it. And the The hardest part I would say is because it's not just about the one piece, you know, Mm. there's going to be challenges in the journey of working out of your nutrition, of Mm. your sleep routine, Mm. right? Going on vacation. Like there's different waves of herds and obstacles that we're faced with. Right. And that's why I think it's really important to reiterate and stress how important it is to find that happy balance because Mm -hmm. there will be times when you need to slack on your nutrition a little bit (laughs) and, and, you know, you're on vacation, enjoy yourself a little bit and you won't be exercising maybe as much. That's totally okay. But maybe a couple weeks beforehand, you could do a couple extra workouts and, you know, dial up your nutrition a little bit better. Just you know, prepare yourself, you know, 
be okay with the fact that life is curveballs, period. There's going to be times when you got to pull back on a little area and maybe pull forward in another area. Mm. Mm. Right? There's waves. So you've got the the exercise, you've got the nutrition, but I think one of the most important pieces of that is all the emotional stuff that we're dealing with that throws us off and how to get back on track after that. The stress eating, the boredom eating. I mean, during the pandemic, people have gone to new levels of emotional eating because suddenly they were home all the time. The kitchen is way too close to the home office and all of the uncertainty, all the stress of the last couple of years has really taken its toll on people. And we don't realize how traumatic that has been for us in general. I couldn't agree more. And that's the best thing to lead this into because it also, like we all are dealing with different hearts, different obstacles, different stressors. We're mm-hmm. all going through hard things and you're right. Emotional eating was in a, in us before all this hard times has happened. And it's closer to us now mm-hmm. by being stuck in the home. Yes. Yes. Because, right? you know, when, when I go out to a job, I'm gone for a period of time. There's no option for food. But if I am right here, the kitchen is just over there. <laughs> It's so easy. Absolutely. And then add on top of it when you're not being as active, you know, you're, you're bored and Mm. you're, you know, you're sitting around and it's just, it's comfort too. Yes. We've made food comfort. Yes. And it's again related, like it's easier for you to go eat rather than go exercise when you're in a stressed out state. Mm. The, the harder choice is to put your workout clothes on and go for a walk because mm-hmm. what's easier or, oh, those jammies and that blanket and that food and that ice cream on the couch. <laughs> you know, one of the things I had this friend who had, her name was Jamie DeNovo and she has the one sock method for getting to exercise. And it works for so many things, but it's like, okay, can I put on one sock? Yes, I can. Now that I've got one sock on, can I put on the other? Can I put on my workout shorts? Can I put on the t-shirt? For me, it's, can I get to the bridge? Can I walk Ellie all the way to the bridge, which is only about, oh, a third of a mile. But if I can get there, then I can get to the top of the street, which is a mile away. And you just keep one step at a time. You always have the option to turn around. But one step at a time, how much can you do? Because even a little incidental exercise will help you mentally, physically, emotionally. It's rare you ever finish some sort of exercise and feel worse. It's it's very rare, very rare. And I love that because by far, I also work out in the morning um, before my kids wake up, before life happens and it gets busy. And the hardest part is getting dressed. As soon as I'm dressed and in the workout clothes, it's much easier, but it's that initial hard step. Mm. It's like when we press snooze. If you press Mm. snooze and go back to bed, 
you're not getting back up, (laughs) right? Just when you get out of bed, then that's that first initial leap. And Mm. I'll go back to with the perfection thoughts that we have, because it's the same kind of idea. If we Mm -hmm. feel like I have to be perfect for six months to reach my goal, you're overwhelmed. It's too yeah. far, too advanced. If you That's called self-sabotage. <laughs> yes. And it's it's the same way to approach something that's hard, like getting starting your workout. If you think about, I have to get in there and I have to work so hard for full 60 minutes, you're not even going to go. Mm. You're Right? If you're just mm. like, I'm going to show up. I'm going to just do the motions today. Sometimes they turned out to be the workouts I give everything to, but I lowered my expectations a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm smaller. I've decided just me, myself and I, I have decided that perfectionism is really self-sabotage in disguise. It's just the way we get to stop ourselves. Exactly. And it also comes down to another struggle with when you're in that yo-yo diet cycle of feeling Mm -hmm. like, when I reach this weight, then I'll be happy. Or, you know, like when I'm perfect at eating, all the other pieces in my life will make sense. They might do you know not. what happened when I, <laughs> do you know what happened when I lost my weight, when I got to my goal weight? I got to buy a different size. That's the only thing that changed. I got to buy a different, I was happy to buy a different size, but it didn't change any relationships. No. It or didn't what was going on my, in your head. Exactly. It didn't change my status. It didn't stop me from having questions about my adequacy for something. It didn't make me uh, a better friend to anyone. It just changed my body size. Yay! But <laughs> can you all that other all, stuff? Yes, it's still there. And then what happens too, especially if we did an unhealthy method to get there, well, then you Mm. can't keep it off either. I mean, I've been at this weight before, but I I did it through over-exercising and Mm under-eating, right? So it wasn't sustainable, nor Mm. was my mental health at a good place because I Mm. wasn't actually working through it, Yeah. right? And faster isn't always better. No, it usually makes it harder. But if you if you find what actually works for your body and you can deal with all that emotional nonsense and get that handled, what I call unpacking your bag, then you can pack for the journey you want to be on and go forward. And then I take my clients an extra step and say, okay, who's your best self? Let's reconnect with him or her. Because I don't know about you, Deidre, but when I'm working from my best self, I make much better choices about everything. Life is just better. So it feels better. Yeah, absolutely. It feels better. Yeah. It's, it is actually better because my experience is better. So yes, nutrition, absolutely. Find what works for your body. And the diets you've been on probably can inform you as to what works for you. And what doesn't. And what doesn't work for you? And then, yes, exercise. But that emotional baggage, I mean, my my catchphrase when I was losing my weight was face your stuff. Don't stuff your face. Because we like to try to stuff down our feelings and follow it with a food chaser, which only goes away. 
and half the time you're not even tasting your food because you're so mentally disconnected about what's really going on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. In fact, so, I, I give my clients a, a craving buster and it is, if you cannot say no to this food. Okay. Fair enough. But put it on a plate, use a knife, fork, or spoon, sit down at your table, do not eat over the sink or the trash can, you know, trash can catches the crumbs so you don't get caught, right? Or your cat. Yep. If you sit down at your table and eat it properly, slowing down enough to actually enjoy it, giving that food the same honor that you are giving your craving, then you may have it. Enjoy it. I love that. And it's it's also about that's creating a healthier relationship with food. It's not healthy for you to eat in your car, eat in your bed, eat over the sink, pick up scraps from your kids. Like I use the same analogy um, when I'm struggling with it, with I'm having weeks or days where I'm snacking and I pick and I catch myself and I'm like, this is not a healthy approach. So I'll use my kid's cereal, for example. I don't eat cereal, spikes my sugars too much. But every now and then that, you know, that little crumb is super delicious and you go for it, right? But I like to stop myself and just have a perspective on it. Is it healthy for me to be in my pantry putting food with my hands out of the box into my mouth? Absolutely not. No. <laughs> if I really want it, if I desire it that much and that I've been craving it and I feel I need it, pour a bowl, put some almond milk in it, and maybe enjoyable. That at least, I'm probably having the same amount, but it's in a healthier approach as well. Very responsible approach. Right. It's a healthier relationship that you, your body deserves, that you deserve. Yes. Right? Yes. You don't deserve scraps from your kids' foods that I've also definitely done myself too. Most parents right? have. <laughs> and I mean, because we we go back to not prioritizing ourselves, right? Maybe we are starved because we made everybody else food in the house except for ourselves. Mm. Yeah. Right? Take and my- if you're eating it that way, you're probably swallowing it whole. Take the time to Chew, get the flavor, squeeze every bit of flavor out of every bite, and it will be much more satisfactory. And that, and that's why I think a lot of people do struggle when they go too extreme too quick. They're eating all of this super unnatural flavors that's made in factories, and they go straight to the chicken and broccoli plain. There's a happy balance in between. <laughs> Your tastes need time to adjust, right? Yes, yes. So don't think you need to, obviously it's it's not just about your food's not going to taste good or it, it's, it's not okay, you know. Also, what are you going to do in a few weeks when, you know, you go too extreme too quick, mm. right? Chances are then you're eating way too less and then that leads to you falling off track again. Yeah, right? crash and burn. Yeah. Or crash in front of the refrigerator. That was my thing. <laughs> progress is progress. Whether it's okay, you're eating McDonald's twice a day. Well, start eating it once or, you know, like focus on progress. Mm-hmm. Replacing one healthy meal. If you're not eating any vegetables at all, mm-hmm. you don't need to eat them three meals a day, but start with once a day over time, mm-hmm. gradually. Mm. Yeah, you know, um, the keto thing has been a, 
a thing for the last couple of years. And so many people struggled with the keto flu. And I mean, whatever, whatever nutrition plan works for you, I am fine with. Be careful, but get what you need. Yeah. But I said to one client, I said, okay, so you're eating this many carbohydrates per day. If you drop to this, you're going to get leg cramps. So let's take it down slowly so it's not such a shock. And she never had the keto flu because she did it gradually. You can do that with adding carbohydrates. You can do that with adding more protein. You can do that with adding vegetables. It doesn't have to be, oh, suddenly my house is cleaned out and I'm on this particular diet. Let's have some sense. Let's move gradually. Your weight will move gradually as well. I love that. And that's so important for everybody. It's what's identify what like you need to work on, but do it with a gradual approach. Again, this Mm -hmm. is what I teach my clients too. I'm like, even with tracking your food, why are people assuming Monday comes and you need to eat this much carbs? This is protein overwhelmed even just saying that. So I get them to just track their food with no targets and then just have one, just one target. You're not focusing on being perfect, doing all kinds of crazy things at once. You're just adding more protein into your day. Mm. Mm. And adding more uh, satiety with that protein, which is always fun. (laughs) Right. And I, I also love that you, when you were saying about how like you know, she was just making that gradual approach. Chances are like, we're all different too. Like I have most women come to me who are not eating enough, right? Mm -hmm. Not enough protein, not enough good whole foods. So they have to gradually increase. Mm -hmm. Right. But I also Mm -hmm. have women who come to me who are eating enough protein and maybe they need to gradually decrease something else. Mm -hmm. So don't do what works for somebody else because it's not going to work for you. Probably. Probably. (laughs) You just have to face and figure out what it is like, honestly, you need to work on. Yeah. Yeah. It's because it's your body. It's your chemistry. I mean, if you give someone a uh, medication of some sort. They always have to check and see how it works for you. The docs look at your blood work to say, is this going to work for them? And then they have to try it out anyway, because we're also chemically different. That one thing will affect me one way and you another. It'll affect my brother differently. It'll affect my father who is, you know, I got his body. So it'll affect him differently than it does me. So chemistry is a thing we have to tweak a little bit at a time. So your best friend is probably not your best guide for your nutrition. That's amazing. That's a really good perspective of it. And I love how you add it on, even though, yes, you're going to do something different. You still have to trial it out and you still have to go through, okay, it still doesn't work. I I have to try something else. Pivoting Mm -hmm. is It's necessary in every part of your life. We just got hit with all these world like pandemics and there's just so much going on. Like pivoting is required. Yeah. Because our cortisol is through the roof. I can guarantee that. And our sleep has, has definitely suffered. 
And I mean, okay. So I heard there were a lot of people who were binging Netflix and lying around looking for things to do. I don't know where that happened. It didn't happen in my house. Either girl. I haven't (laughs) stopped since this thing has happened, but for those people. Okay. Keep going. Sleep is important. We've because so many, I mean, if you get not enough sleep, if you do not get enough sleep, your cortisol rises on its own. And cortisol is a storage hormone. It likes to hold on to things, especially around my belly. So we get, we want to keep cortisol low and sleep is one of the most effective ways to to counter it. I'll tell you another perspective too on how important your sleep is. It actually insulin, like if I get less sleep one night compared to another, I will need and require more insulin on the day that I hadn't slept. Mm -hmm. And when, like, even though you're not type one diabetic, the same thing happens within your bodies. Like if you're not sleeping, your, you know, your, your sugar levels are still going to rise. Your insulin levels are still going to rise. And with that does come side effects that are not favoring you when it comes to weight loss. Mm. Right. Okay. I have a really good illustration for that. You ready? Yeah. So when insulin is flying through your bloodstream, it acts like a sentry around your fat cells. They cannot release. Things can go in, but they cannot come out. They get locked. And I also find personally, like if my blood sugar levels are higher, I'm I'm type one diabetic, they're not perfect levels. So when they are on the higher side, I notice that I am hungrier. Mm-hmm. I, you know, you're more likely to overeat when you're in that state. And you right? can't help it. It just is, it's not a flaw. It's just part of the situation. And you have to figure out ways to work around it. I mean, you, you got to have your insulin. And yeah. Other Every, everybody else too. Like you're still in, your fat cells are still locked. So if yeah. you're not eating, they're still not being used for for energy either. So maybe you're going to those, maybe you're eating carbs thinking you need them. Right. And then that can lead to more weight gain and struggle. And I tell you it, that that's one of the things that stopped me snacking without even considering it further. It's like every time you snack, every time you put something in your mouth, it closes your fat cells. <laughs> so that hard work, between. that healthy meal that you had, that's still actually sustaining you. It's not even getting, you know, utilized or put where it should be. Yes. Yes. Yeah. It's being stored. Exactly. And the more you understand, the more you try yourself and learn about all of this stuff, mm-hmm. the, the more it makes sense for you to make the smarter decisions, to put it in a different perspective, mm-hmm. to stop yourself. Not to say that even us, are we're perfect, but oh, it's a practice, mm-hmm. right? It's a, mm-hmm. an awareness of being aware of like, oh gosh, I, I just put that first or I just licked this spoon, or I shoved that piece of crust toast in my mouth. But, oh, okay, what am I doing? Then you're stopping yourself. Like, remember, that's progress too. Yes. Yes. Well, and finding other ways to soothe yourself than putting food in your mouth. I mean, you've had babies. When a baby cries, we tend to put something... (laughs) It's either... Either the bottle or, you know, as infants, the breast or a pacifier. 
Yeah. Right. Just to put something in their mouths. And we learn from birth that if we put something in our mouth, it's going to make me feel better. Wow. Yeah. And when you take the pacifier away, some children go to their thumbs because they like that oral soothing. And then as adults, we do it with donuts and pizza. So if we find other options for soothing ourselves, we don't need the food. Food is just easy. It's just it, available. It is. And it gives you that temporary surge of, you know, and then you feel that little tiny bit of relief, but then you feel gross afterwards and you feel guilty yeah. and the negative effects do come into play. I call it wraparound guilt. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to use one of the quotes that you had used in the uh, the TED Talk. Diet mm-hmm. isn't just for weight loss. It's what you learn. It's, you know, it's you training what works for your body. Yeah. Yeah. It's so important because it you, you've had plenty of experience with food. What worked and what didn't. Yeah. But then you have to put that into, you know, if you're soothing yourself, I like to identify two of some people it's snack time throughout the day mm-hmm. or other people it's all at night. You mm-hmm. know, there's different, again, different people struggle with different things. If you're always going for chocolate or a dessert after your supper, maybe just identify and work on that first, mm-hmm. right? Find mm-hmm. a healthier alternative or have a coffee and put away the dishes. Like, you know, identify, I'm somebody who's always done nighttime eating. Mm. are gone to bed stressors about tomorrow that was always my go-to but now I save a little glorious little tiny protein treat for myself at nighttime it's a healthy option and it's something I look forward to and it it allows me not to want anything else after that Mm. after it's Mm. done well and from from my background I go to why why do we need that treat What is that particular food doing for you? Because if we can kind of unwind that, then you may not be controlled by it anymore. And you might not need it. You might not need it. Most likely won't. Right. Usually we're overeating. We're emotional eating to try to make another problem go away that Mm -hmm. eating isn't solving. No, but it's soothing. Yeah. But if you... If you can deal with whatever that is, then you won't need the soothing. But we try to just keep putting it out of the way. I don't want to think about that. I don't want to feel my feelings. Let's put them over there. And the truth is, feelings, like thoughts, will pass through in about 90 seconds as long as we don't trap them. I I like to think about it kind of like a river. Your feelings are a river flowing. You can be walking in the middle of it. They flow past. You can be putting your toes in it. You can skip rocks across it. You can swim. The feelings keep going unless you trap them. So you put a little dam over here and the water tends to go a bit gross and putrid, right? Because it's not getting oxygen. And if you put a fish in there, it would die because there's no oxygen there. If we trap our feelings, they begin to go sour on us. They will deprive our hearts of oxygen, which will kill them. But if we break the dam 
and let the water go back with the rest of it, it reoxygenates. It flows down the river. It just keeps going. As well as our hearts healing. And our mind and that relief you feel when you you open up and you deal with something. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like something simple. I honestly feel like that's why it's so important to try your best to control what is controllable in your life. Right? Mm-hmm. Like control what is in your power because it's going to open up to give you a bit more clarity on what's not working, what mm-hmm. what is causing you the stressor or what's, you know, causing you stress about the future, like whatever it is that's going on, you have to have control in the other areas to bring light to it. Right. But you can reference this to anything. I mean, with all this COVID lockdowns and things, um, I had just planned my wedding this summer thinking (sighs) I wanted to, this is the wedding I had to do because I never would have been able to get the wedding I wanted due to COVID. I didn't think, you know, some people would be able to come or, you know, I want to get married on a beach and no one's going to travel down to see us get married. So I had, you know, all this anxiety and all of this like dread for my wedding that is supposed to be a good thing. It's something that I'm supposed to be very happy and excited about. But it took me to step back to, you know, be in a good place everywhere else to be like, okay, something has to change. Like I might not make a few people happy in this process, but I have to pivot and do what we really truly want in this Mm. scenario. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right. And then that can be kind of applied to other things that we, you know, everybody kind of plans and struggles. We do things in a people pleasing way sometimes. Yes. (laughs) And we never please ourselves. Right, because we're at the bottom of our priority list. Who cares? <laughs> let's make everybody Who cares else about me. Right, let's pour from an empty cup until there's nothing. There's empty. Yeah, yeah, that doesn't work, does it? No, because then you're always emotional eating, trying mm. to fill your cup up on the only thing that you feel is going to give you that self care, that good feelings like you deserve. You don't deserve crap in your body. You know, you don't, you don't deserve binging on the couch and inactivity. Like instead you deserve to exercise, to take care of your body, to give your body good nutrients, good food that doesn't come from boxes and fast food restaurants all the time. Maybe occasionally, but not on a daily basis or maybe on a weekly basis. No, I actually should give you this really good analogy. It was so sweet. My daughter, my youngest, she's three. She came in there. They went out for supper while we record this episode. And she said, I said, if mommy wanted you to bring me back something to eat, what would, what would I get? Um, I said, would I get salad or would I get pizza like you? What, what does mommy like? She says, both. <laughs> I said, well, you're right. <laughs> it's okay. To, right. It's okay to have, we're not saying ever have treats or ever have a balance, but majority of the time your body deserves good food. And it's mm-hmm. same thing with the exercise. You're not going to always consistently be perfect with how often you work out, but majority of the time you should be moving your body and exercising Mm. consistently at least some (laughs) even if it's a five minute walk 
something, right? Something. And that's yeah. going to allow you to keep off the weight loss, to not feel like you're starting over, over, over again every time. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Absolutely. That's the key to actually find your balance, find a starting point, whether it's just taking that first tiny step. Mm. A lot of the time we procrastinate things because we're like, oh, well, I just have to do this, this, and then I'll be at my goal. And, you know, it only takes a quick fix here and there. But chances are when you take that first step, you realize there's like eight other steps that need to be taken mostly, but you still have to just take that first leap. Mm. right? Figure Mm. out what works for you, what doesn't pivot, Mm. work through the journey because it's not about getting to the end destination. It's about feeling good in your body now Mm. and And in your soul and in your, yes. And working towards that better version of yourself, that smaller, skinnier, like healthiest, best version of yourself. What does that person look like? And how can you strive to become that person? What steps do you need to take? Yeah. Do you know, when I I was losing my weight, I actually hired a coach. It's the first coach I'd ever hired. And the first six months were about weight loss. And I stayed with her for two years because there were other things to work out. And they were the best. That was the most explosive growth I've ever had. Just dealing with stuff, letting go. Absolutely. And honestly, when I'm working with clients myself, I know they're, I don't worry about the weight loss. I know it's going to come, but what (laughs) I have to work with them on and continue to remind them and help them shift perspectives is like, look how, what, but what you are doing, don't, amplify the bad stuff, the stuff that's not working, you know, amplify the good stuff, celebrate Mm -hmm. the progress that you are making. And mentally, if you've come, you can make so many different levels of progress that has nothing to do with the scale. The scale can stay the same, but if you're going to an event and not thinking about food and shoving food all over your face and, you know, you're not having an unhealthy relationship with food in your body, God, that's way more rewarding than I don't care, five, 10 pounds on the scale. Yeah. Yeah. It's your life. It's your life. That's the most important part is living a, a good life for you. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Renee, for coming on and sharing your experience and going into this topic that I would talk hours with you on. Um, (laughs) It's just, I love, I'm going to finish off with, you know, like it's our responsibility. It's our responsibility to take that first leap and do the hard stuff first, but it's going to give you so much more freedom. Mm. If you try to go around what really needs to be worked on, you're going to just come back to the start and still have to go through it. Mm. So Yes, it might make take more time doing it gradually, doing it slower, but you're saving yourself time of, you know, trying to always take the easy routes and work around what really needs to be faced. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So work through it, learn from your experience, figure out what works for you and you'll be able to sustain, you'll be able to lose the weight 
and keep it off. Mm, Indeed. (laughs) Thank you, Renee. Thanks for having me.